into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. I said, for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth forever. We want to welcome you today to the Tabernacle of Praise worship service. Oh, the Lord is going to bless us today. We pray this experience will truly be a blessing as we worship him today in spirit and in truth. We are blessed once again with our vice president of the Central States Conference, a man who knows how to praise the Lord, praises what he does. The Lord has anointed him with so many gifts. So I have asked him not only to preach the word today, but to lead us in praise and worship. So welcome, Pastor Josiah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Y'all know already what I'm going to say. Praise the Lord, everybody out there. Give your neighbor a high five. Give your family member a handshake or a hug. I know they're around you somewhere, uh, but you know, we can't, we can't be out there with each other, but we can be, be inside with each other. Amen. Uh, and of course, we, we know that God is worthy to be praised. Uh, we don't praise him because of what he does. We praise him because of who he is. Uh, and it's still good to trust in Jesus. And so if you got your hymnals, I don't know how many of y'all got hymnals at home, but if you got the hymnal app or if you remember the word, I'm going to try to feed it to you. Uh, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. And I'm going to pick it up a little bit. So, so it's not going to be too slow. But it's not going to be too fast. There we go. Oh, man. 
when the ministers were coming in. Uh, praise him, praise him.
Jesus, Jesus, come on, call his name. Jesus, hey, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sometimes you gotta stay right there. Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord, Pastor. That was beautiful. Truly, praise is what we need to do. God is so good, and we have to trust in Jesus. It's sweet when we can trust in him. I'll tell you, last evening, my wife had to be rushed to the hospital by ambulance, but I'm here to tell you that she's safely at home, so we have so much to praise God for today. i tell you, God is so good. And if I had a thousand tongues, I couldn't praise him enough. So I just praise God this morning. You know, we live in some serious times right now. And, you know, it's, it's a time that we have to spend on our knees. If we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need him now. And so right now, we just want to ask Elder Wellington to lead us to the throne of grace this morning. Take our petitions to the throne. Amen. Father God, Lord. Mm. What an awesome time it is right now just to be able to call upon your precious and holy name. Lord, we are so grateful, Lord, for what you've already done and looking forward, Lord, to what you're going to do. We are moving now, Lord, into a, a, a sphere of atmosphere, Lord, that we have experienced before. But God, we know that you're with us. And we know, Father, because you have promised in your word that if we call upon your name, you will be faithful in this to supply in all our needs. And so, Lord, as we are in this pandemic right now, we're asking, Father God, for your strength to be with us, Lord. Lift up our faith, Lord, and allow us, Lord, to be able to pass through this time as if, as if it never was. We ask, Father God, to lead and guide, direct and order our steps, Lord. Father, we're grateful, Father, for the, the healing that you've already done. It was Lord, how you bless Teresa. Lord, as it has been shown throughout this period of time, Lord, you touched her family, you touched the Harris family, Lord. Lord, you touched Natalie. Lord, and even right now, we ask a special prayer for Dayla. Lord, we know, Father God, that she's in pain. She's agonizing, fighting this COVID, Lord. But we understand that as we lift up your name, Father, you would heal. And so right now, Lord, touch her in the precious name of Jesus and allow her to have comfort, Father, that she may be able to understand and know that her help coming from on high. Lord, we ask that her eyes will be lifted up and that she will reflect, Lord, on the goodness of who you are. Father, we ask now, Lord, that you will continue to bless each and every soul across this globe, Father. Those of your children, Lord, who are crying out, for your help, for your leading, for your directions, Lord. We ask, Father God, Lord, that you will continue to move in the Tabernacle of Praise family, Lord. Continue to be with the leadership at the conference level, Father. We ask, Lord, that even as things are going on, that we will still be faithful, Lord. 
faithful in returning tithe, Lord, faithful in studying, Lord, faithful in prayer, but most importantly, Lord, faithful in sharing this gospel. And so, Lord, we just lift up our pastor this evening, Lord, as he gets ready to break bread of life, Pastor Josiah. Lord, touch his lips, Lord, anoint him, Lord, from head to toe, that as he breaks this bread, Lord, it will be fulfilling and it will reach in, and touch us where we need to be touched. We ask, Father God, that you will continue to be with the, uh, uh, all the leaders of the Tabernacle of Praise family, Lord. Continue to help us to be bathed in your spirit and that we will follow your guiding. And now, Lord, we ask, Father, that as we come to a close in this prayer, Lord, bless this service in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, Tabernacle of Praise. Uh, it is time for stewardship, and I'm going to remind you of a story that um, I, Kwame told us at prayer meeting. It's in the Bible. It's in 2 uh, Chronicles chapter 20. And in this story, I'm going to bring you up to speed. In this story, there's three armies, three problems, armies, coming up against Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat is afraid. It says it right in the Bible. It says and, um, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat was afraid. And Jehoshaphat decided that he and everybody in Israel were going to uh, have a fast and pray. And so after they, they were fasting and praying, he said to the Lord and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in the hand, is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God? who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave us to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever. And they dwelt therein and have built thee of sanctuary therein for thy name's sake. If when evil cometh upon us as a sword, judgment, coronavirus, bills, pestilence, or famine, we stand before you and in thy presence. For thy name is in this house and cry unto thee in our affliction. Then thou wilt hear and help. He pointed out to God, we have a relationship with you. We've already been through some things with you. And now behind, behold the children, now here's the problem. Ellen G. White says we should lay out our case before God. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Sierra, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou, has given us to inherit. Remember God and what he's promised you. Talk to God and tell him. You've already told him about your, your relationship with him, the history you have with him. And now you laid off your case to him. And now you're pointing out the promises that he gave us. Oh, our God, will thou not judge him? And you're asking him for a big favor. For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know us what to do, but our eyes are upon you. This is not really the time for us to stop having that relationship with God. This is not the time to step back and stop doing what God has already asked you to do. If you want to see things moved, if you want to, even in this coronavirus, I am convicted that there are some people who are getting filthy rich. A lot of people are losing out, but we don't have to be in that, in that part where we're losing out because we know what to do fast, Pray, remind God of the relationship that he has with us. Talk to God about the case that we have. And then 
We turn our eyes to him. We cannot solve this problem, Lord. This is in your hands. And he said, talking about God, hearken ye all Judah and your inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus said the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude problems for the battle is not yours, but it's mine. If we follow those steps, people, don't stop doing the things you know to do. Remember to dedicate your time to God. Take care of your temple. Um, Use your talents, whatever you have, to reach out and help other people. And remember to trust your treasure with God. You cannot come to God and say, you said you'll open the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing if you have not done the first part of that. Return to me a faithful tithe and offering. You, if you want to be in good standing with God, stay in your relationship with God and keep doing what God has already asked us to do. I, um, I also want to remind you to return your tithes and offering. You want to use the cash app and it's a dollar sign type giving, or you can go to adventistgiving.org and then type in tabernacle of praise, um, or you can return it to um, oh, tabernacle of praise 1921 past um, Parker Road, 1721 Parker Road. And or you can email it to, I mean, mail it to Sister Teresa Harris. And um, I'm sure Karen gonna send you that address out later on this, this uh, week. Let's go over the highlights again. We're in a situation, everybody has problems. Every last one of us is facing something in this virus thing. It's testing every person. You want to fast and pray first. Remind God that he knows you. Remind yourself and him of all the things that he's done. Take to God the promises. Sister White said, put your finger on a promise and remind God of this promise. And then you want to say, to, uh, to remind God too. And you're not reminding him because he already knows, but reminding yourself of what he has done and how he has done. And then you want to listen and do what he tells you to do. And therein lies your blessing. We all can come out better and stronger if we trust God. Have a happy Sabbath. Amen. Praise the Lord, Sister Carol, for that. We have to be faithful in these times. And I just want to thank you for that. It's time to prepare us, set the table for the word of God before Pastor Christian Josiah feeds us a bountiful banquet of spiritual nourishment today. We're going to be blessed by a beautiful rendition by uh, brother, my brother, Stuart Styles is going to take us on up to the throne. Come on, Brother Stuart. Amen. Uh, uh, praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be here. And I'm just going to sing this quick little song. And I pray that you all are blessed by it. All right. Can you all hear me? Still hear me? All right.
Amen. You are welcome. I'm not a singer, but man, I feel that in my spirit. Stuart, man, thank you so much for blessing us, man. I, I wish I could be in St. Louis with you right now live, my brother, to feel that, feel that anointed, man, to be in that presence. But we're so glad this morning that the Bible reminds us that we're two or three are gathered, even if it's on Zoom, come on, come on, somebody out there, that we can be in the presence of the living God. He's not confined, praise God, by 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 walls, and he's not confined by space. Uh, we can we can worship together in spirit and in truth. You are welcome, oh God, in this place. Thank you again, my brother, for bringing us that song. Thank you, Elder Harris, and and my top family leadership for, for allowing me to come back. You know, a lot of times, you know, as a preacher, when you come through, you don't know if the folk want you to come back or not. <laughs> Y'all ain't got to say amen. Uh, I'll say amen for myself. And so you guys have allowed me to come back, Tabernacle of Praise family, and I'm glad that I could be with you uh, this morning. Uh, man, I've, I've enjoyed the worship experience. I'm not really a, a, a music leader. I'm just a musician. I'm just an accompanist. But I was glad I y'all 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 didn't run away when you heard me cracking and, and singing the wrong words. And so uh, I know it's an experience. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to come uh, from the book of James, chapter one. Uh, I've heard a lot of stuff going on, of course, over the, the last few weeks. We've been quarantined and uh, and I've I've heard uh, plenty of people. Uh, unfortunately, talk about, well, where is God? And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to go do what I got to do because because he don't sound like he's coming through. He's, he's letting people get sick. And we've had people who've lost uh, loved ones as well. Uh, and, and many times people come up with excuses to do what they wanted to do anyhow. I'm not a psychologist, uh, but but I want to deal uh, with, with, with pulling away the excuses today. Uh, and we're going to jump in to this word this morning. James chapter one, if you have your Bibles or your smartphones or your tablets, uh, wherever you can find your Bible, James chapter one, verses 12 through 15 is where we're gonna spend a little time this morning. James chapter one, verses 12 through 15. Uh, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Not sure what version you have. It doesn't matter at this point, but, but hopefully the word of God is clear Today, James chapter 1, verse 12 through 15, reads thus, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. This morning, I'm going to uh, speak to you uh, and share with you for a little while uh, on the subject, the devil didn't make you do it. The devil didn't make you do it. We're pulling away all the excuses this morning so we can be ready when Jesus comes. Pray with me one more time. Father God, we thank you for your word. We pray now, Lord, that you will give it power, that you will give it life. Lord, I pray that you will hide me behind your cross. And as, as my voice goes through this, these internets, as they say, Lord, let your people not hear my voice, 
but may they hear your voice. And may we ask the question, what must we do to be saved? And Lord, I pray at the end of this thing, Lord, that we will not just be hearers of your word, readers of your word, and listeners to your word. Lord, help us to be doers of your word. And we will be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray that all God's children in their homes and wherever they are said amen and amen. From the very beginning of the human existence, there has been a pattern in the sinful DNA of mankind to not take responsibility for negative decisions that we make in life. Beginning with the first sins ever committed on this planet, we have as exhibit A and B, you know where I'm going, Adam and Eve. Adam did not man up and let God know that he knew what he was doing when Eve came with that fruit. Uh, he didn't want to give up his fine beauty queen. Well, actually, that was the only beauty queen he had at the time. Uh, and he loved her, unfortunately, more than he loved God. He would rather eat the fruit and die than give her up. And so, so what did he do? He blamed God and he threw Eve under the bus. Uh, then Eve, when asked by God, well, well, what happened? What went down? Uh, she did not fess up and simply acknowledge that she had left the side of her man for whatever reason. She found herself next to the tree that she knew clearly she shouldn't eat from. And without a gun being placed to her head, she messed up, fell for the okie doke and ate the fruit. But she quickly asserted that the devil had tricked her and she ate. The devil made her do it. But I would like to refute that concept in the name of Jesus today as we consider what the word of God through James says about the sin problem and how we can absolutely have the power to overcome it. So my prayer today is simple, that even now we will spiritually push back on all the lamest excuses that we have in Christianity, which is that the devil made me do it. So let's lay out some facts. Let's lay out some groundwork uh, as God's children always do. We always look to the word. Uh, and and let's, let's, let's see if we can find uh, what God's word has to say about the devil making us do anything. Were Adam and Eve set up? Was this some kind of trap, uh, some kind of uh, snare of entrapment uh, that, that, that was set up? In Patriots and Prophets, I don't know if... Uh, if, our, if, if Andre is going to share the quote with you or not, but, but in Patriots and Prophets, page 52, Patriots and Prophets, page 52, here's what the servant of the Lord says. Our first parents were not left without a warning of danger. They were not left without a warning of danger that threatened them. Heavenly messengers opened to them the history of Satan's fall and his plots for their destruction unfolded more fully the nature of the divine government, which the prince of evil was trying to overthrow. In other words, God gave Adam and Eve a proverbial heads up before anything went down in the Garden of Eden. What he didn't do is he didn't take away their choice. Praise God that we all have the power to choose. He has not created us as robots, but they were given a heads up. They were given a warning. You know, just look out, you know, keep, 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 keep your eyes open uh, because some stuff is out there and you don't want to be deceived because God is a loving God and uh, God is a God of understanding and he's a merciful God and he's a kind God. He promises us that he will never give us more than we are able to bear or handle. He always sends 
warning signals, flashing lights, caution signs to prevent us from falling into what the devil has set up for us. He will speak, watch this now, he will speak through the pastor or the Sabbath school lesson directly to your temptation. And it's not that the pastor was all in your closet. Come on, say amen. It wasn't that he was all in your business or he had tapped your phone. God knew, knows and he, he already knew what you were getting ready to go into. And he, he, he sent it through the, the preacher. He sent it through the Sabbath school lesson. He spoke through your spouse. But just because it was your spouse, you didn't want to listen. Come on, say don't say amen too loud if your spouse is around you. But 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 you know he was telling the truth. You know she was saying that word. That thing was coming straight from God. But you didn't want to listen because 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 you was in your feelings. Come on, say amen. Uh, he may have sent that message. Watch this. He may have sent that message through the youth, through the young people, through your kids. Your kids were trying to tell you something, and you were saying, "Oh oh boy, just shut up, boy. Just shut up, girl. You didn't want to listen." And God was sending you those warning messages. He may cause that number that you should not have been, been dialing uh, to not work. Come on, say amen. He may allow your tire to go flat so you won't go over to that crib that you didn't have no business going to. Come on, y'all ain't got to say amen. Just say ouch. He may send you a message via a friend on the phone or Facebook that speaks directly to your situation. God always gives his children a heads up. Your friends who may or may not be Christian will give you a biblical, will give you biblical counsel before you made that call. As a child of God, God will give you every possible way of escape before you fall into that sin. I give you a quick little example. I my parents had told me that you know we when I was growing up uh, in the islands, we had a, a tall hill. It was called Rendezvous Hill. Um, and, and, and my parents had cautioned me, said, Chris, you know, do not go up that hill with your bike and try to ride down. Well, you know, anytime you tell a kid what not to do, you know, they're going to find a reason to do it. Y'all know what I'm talking about, you know, and, and, and I had some friends that their parents didn't give them that warning. And so my friends would go up there with a really steep hill and man, you come off of that hill with your bike, man, you, it was like, you were flying. You know, you're probably doing 30, 40, 50 miles an hour coming off that hill. And my parents had warned me, but what did this knucklehead, little nappy-headed, skinny, barefoot boy went with his bike? I went up that hill. Yes, sir. You know, I went up that hill. But, but, but look at how God is. And so I get to the top of the hill. And, and, and before I, I, I got ready to go down, there was a side street. There was a side street that you can use to go back to my house. You know, it was not as... You know, it, 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 took a, it took a little longer, but it did not have any steep hills. You can go through the side street and you can gradually go down and make your way back down to where my where my block was. Uh, and the Lord showed me that thing and I had a way of escape. I'm all saying, man, I, I could have gotten back home without going down the hill. But man, you know, again, God had given me the warnings. I had the way of escape, but I decided... I was going to be big and bad. I'm 12 years old now. I'm going to do what I want to do. Can y'all imagine that? I'm 12. I'm thinking I'm grown. You know, I'm 12. I'm like, I'm going down this hill, y'all. Tabernacle of Praise family. I just to be honest. And man, I get on my bike and I'm going down the hill. And and, and I'm going, the, the gradient of the hill is so steep that I can't pedal fast enough. That's how steep it was. I had to go freestyle. And, 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 I, and now I'm cruising. And, and the hill had a couple of turns. So, 
So I'm getting a little bit nervous because I, I, I can't pedal. It's going so fast. And I take the first turn, boom. And I, I'm like, okay, there's another turn at the bottom of the hill. And unfortunately, at the bottom of the hill was the last turn. And there was some gravel at the bottom of the hill. And I get to the bottom of the hill and I make that turn. But I'm going so fast that the, 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 the wheels slide out from under me. And I find myself in a in a in a in a in a bush that had all these prickles in it. Uh we, it was a we call it a dunk street bush and I slide and I go straight into the prickles, y'all. And 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 your boy was I was tore up from the from the floor up as they say. I learned my my parents didn't even have to give me a whooping when I got home. I had prickles all in my body. Uh, my knees were all gooted out because I scraped my my legs on the on the gravel, uh, but I just want you to know a lot of times there are some consequences that we suffer, but it ain't God's fault because he had already provided a way of escape. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, the Bible says, no temptation no temptation. You can replace that word with trial. Uh, nothing has ever happened. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. You ought to touch your neighbor in your house and, or look at your neighbor and say, God is faithful. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able with the temptation will always make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God makes us a promise, top family, uh, that he is faithful whether we are not or, or when we are not. He is always faithful. God makes us a promise that he will not allow us to be tempted more than we can handle. He makes us a promise that with every temptation, with every trial, with every fiery dart thrown by the enemy, he will provide the answer. He will give us the solution, the way of escape, the remedy for sin sickness. God always has a way of escape. The hymn writer describes it this way. The Lord's our rock. In him we hide. He is a shelter in the time of storm, secure, whatever may be tied, a shelter in the time of storm. I like the second verse. The second verse says, um, a shade by day, defense by night. What is he, Tabernacle of Praise family? A shelter in the time of storm. No fears alarm, no foes of fright. A shelter in the time of storm. Then the, the chorus says, mighty rock in a weary land, cool and shade on the burning sand, faithful guide for the pilgrim band. He is a shelter in the time of storm. David says it this way in Psalm 46, that God is our refuge and strength and a present help in our time of trouble. David is not only speaking about a refuge from our enemies, but he is describing God as our strength. He strengthens us, ladies and gentlemen, not to cuss him out or cuss her out, even though you want to, even though you think they deserve to be, uh, he is the one that strengthens us to not call back 
or text back that uh, uh, that inappropriate comment to not click on that website. I know I'm speaking to somebody today to pray and fast before deciding to marry or to not be married, to stay home and sleep in our own beds. Somebody ought to say amen, to not leave the body of Christ because of the offense of another human being that has no heaven to put you in or hell to keep you from. He is the one, the Bible says, that strengthens us. He is the one that keeps us. And, you know, I've heard, I've been in ministry now uh, almost 20 years, and I've just heard about all, I've heard about all the excuses out there in the book why people don't love God anymore. People don't want to come to church anymore. They come up with all these excuses. Now they've got the best excuse in the well, church ain't even open. So I can't go to church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, now they got the number one, the, the doors are locked up. But 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 don't you know, ladies and gentlemen, that 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 God will judge us for all for all of the opportunities that we had to seek his face and to turn from our wicked ways. Uh, and, and you can't go to God with all these lame excuses that the devil made me do it. No, for every temptation, don't miss this in case you fall asleep. Don't miss this. For every temptation that you've ever had, for every warning signal that you have ever uh, discounted or, or turned away from, God had a way of escape. James 1, chapter 12 says it this way in another version, blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has approved, he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. See, we want the crown of life. We can't wait to receive the crown of life that he has promised. But, but, but James says, blessed is the man, blessed is the man who endures the temptation. See, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about I talked about, I talked about pressing and how he that endures until the end, the same shall be saved. You've got to learn how to endure temptation. When you are connected with Christ, the temptation doesn't scare you. The trial doesn't scare you. COVID-19 can't scare you. Paul says, what shall separate us from the love of God that is within Christ Jesus? Nothing can separate, not even a virus, not even death can separate us from the love of God. When you're connected, temptation doesn't scare you, but it makes you stronger. When your attitude towards trials and temptation is based on the fact that you can, like Paul says, count it all joy because your faith is producing patience and perfecting your character, then temptation doesn't phase you. So if the devil didn't make you do it, Pastor Jay, if the devil didn't make me do it, what happened? Was it God who tempted me? Was it God that, that set me up? Uh, let's, go to, let's go to verse 13, James chapter 1. And verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So, so it's clear, James makes it, the Bible is clear that God is not the author of temptation. Here's what, here's what the Sabbath school lesson said a few years back. Here's what the Sabbath school, as, as they dealt with this topic of, of can, can God tempt? God is not the author of temptation, the Sabbath school lesson says. God may allow temptations to come, but he never tempts in the sense of alluring one to sin. I'm going to say that again. God may allow temptations to come, but he never tempts in the sense 
of alluring one to sin. So it's clear. God isn't the one that's tempting you. Well, if the devil didn't make you do it, and if God didn't tempt you to do it, and we pray all the time for him to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, then Pastor Jay, what in the world happened to me? I I ended up in this mess. What, 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 what happened? Well, let's look at verse 14 and 15. The answer is right there in our passage today. Verse 14 says, but each one is tempted. Here it is. Here it is. When he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. It looks like what the, like what the apostle is telling us, y'all, is, is that sometimes or many times, each one is tempted away, he says, when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. The Bible says that we are born in sin and we are shaped in iniquity. And there are many times, in spite of the warnings of God, in spite of what you know, wrong and right, in spite of the Holy Spirit, who is your conscience? He is the one, that still small voice. The reason why we still fall into the mess that we fall into and get into the stuff that we get into is that we are drawn away by our own lusts and enticed. Instead of feeding the spiritual, we end up feeding the carnal and walking away from God. I'm going to take a little bit deeper. In Matthew chapter 5, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus talks about the Pharisees were acting like they were better than everybody else. And in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 21, as, as, as Jesus was doing his sermon on the mount, Matthew 5, 21, Jesus told them, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. Verse 22, but I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother Raka shall be in danger of counsel. Uh, 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 in danger of counsel. I'm going to stop right there. Jesus says, you say don't commit murder and, 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 and you want to bring people to task on it. But if you have anger in your heart towards your brother, you've already committed murder. So Jesus is speaking now to the issues of the heart. See, that's that's where sin begins, begins in the heart. Then later on in verse 27, he talks about, you say don't commit adultery, but if you lust after a woman, you have committed adultery where? In your heart, matters of the heart. So sin, ladies and gentlemen, begins in the mind. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you say don't kill, but if you hate your brother and sister, you've committed murder. And no wonder, and we wonder why there's so much violence in our communities. You already had hate or disdain in your heart before I did you anything. So killing me is just the outgrowth of, of what was already there. You say don't commit adultery, but you've been lusting after that man or that woman years before you committed a physical act. You thought about the effects and the effects of the drink or the drugs before you drank or you smoked it. So following through was automatic. You thought about lying to your boss. I'm gonna bring it right home to you. 
You thought about lying to your boss. Uh, 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 if he were to ask you what happened last week on that job and the consequences of getting written up or reprimanded shook your faith to the point that you lied before you lied. Come on, y'all. Y'all, I'm talking about sin beginning in the heart. You're not having an excuse. You had that, you had that thing set up uh, from before. And if the boss was going to catch you, you knew exactly what you was going to say. Some people are fools according to Solomon. Yep, they call them fools according to Solomon because they despise counsel. Solomon says the fool despises counsel. Uh, we want to despise the counsel and then blame God because we got caught. Come on, y'all. Their minds are resistant to learning from anyone. Thus, the sin of pride and self-reliance is killing them slowly. So sin begins in the mind. Sin begins where, everybody? I'm going I'm to pause for effect. Sin begins where, everybody? In the mind. Uh, and, so, and, so, and so James agrees with Jesus. Uh, and, 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 and that's why Paul says, Paul says, uh, whatsoever things in Philippians 4, 8, he says, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. He says, those are the things that you need to think on. You've got to get your mind regulated right, because if you don't deal with the sin that, 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 that is, is growing in the mind, the actions are automatic. It's going to happen. The follow through is going to happen. So when Christians are socially entertained by what equally entertains non-Christians, we should not be surprised that the issues in the world become prevalent in the church. Come on. You can say amen. If, if you're feasting your mind on, on empire and, and scandal, I'm going to go back for the older folk, days of our lives and young and the restless. No wonder your life will end up being young and rest. Come on, y'all. If, if you're feeding your mind on, on, on the stuff uh, that, that the Bible says that we are to shun, then it's automatic, even though you think you are strong and you going to church and you 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 returning your tithe and offering and you know you singing in the choir and and you an elder and and, and, and hello you you a preacher uh, but you watching the preachers of L.A. And, and, and the preachers of Atlanta and, and not feasting on the word of God. Come on, say man, you gonna get messed up. You know it, it's only gonna be a matter of time. As one of my elders said uh, some years ago, whatever dog you are feeding will become the stronger dog. Come on, and he used the analogy. Of, of you got two dogs and, and God forbid that you that you that you fight dogs but you know Michael Vick went to jail for that uh but 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 whatever dog you feeding that's the dog so if you got two dogs they're of equal breed uh they're they're they're, they're, they're brothers they're born from the same mom and dad uh and, and 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 there's one dog that you're starving and there's another dog that you're feeding and at some point if they get into a tussle if they get into a fight the, the, the dog that you've been feeding is going is going to kill the dog that you've been starving. And the same thing works spiritually. If, if you starve the spiritual uh, and you feed the carnal, when you get into battle, what's going to happen? The carnal is going to beat the spiritual every time. It's going to be 100 to zero that you're going to win. Because whatever dog you're feeding, that's the dog that's going to be stronger. I'll just be transparent for a moment and let you know this. For every spiritual fall 
in my life, for every sinful tendency that I've ever indulged in in my life, when I look back at it, I can trace it back that my mind was not stayed on Jesus enough. For every fall that I've, every time I, I was more mad than I should have been, every time I, I, I said something or did something that I knew was not in line with God. And I'm, ta- I'm not just talking about before I was, 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 was a preacher. I'm talking about even now, I can trace it back. I lost it because I wasn't spending time with God. I, my mind wasn't in the right place. I was, I was not in tune. You know, Jesus says, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. Uh, he that abides in me will bring forth much fruit, the fruit of the spirit. I didn't, I didn't have the fruit of the spirit at one time because I was not abiding in the vine. I decided to sever my relationship with the vine. And, 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 so, and, so, and so Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 reminds us, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your what? Uh, there it is again. Sin beginning in the mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The devil didn't make you do that thing. You were enticed. Your mind was already turning on it. And instead of you turning your mind over to Christ, you just dwelt on that thing. And then, and then, and then sin, when it's conceived, or, or, or when that thing was conceived, when lust, when it was conceived, it gave birth to sin. But y'all know I can't, I can't tell you how this thing works without giving you a way out. Come on, say, I mean, there, there, there is always a solution to the sin problem. Somebody ought to say amen. So if you go with me real quick to Romans chapter eight, I know the time says I got three minutes, but y'all ain't going nowhere. Y'all already home. Come on, say amen. Y'all ain't got to go. You, you, matter of fact, you can take a break and go get you something to drink out of your fridge right now because I'm going to finish this. Here's what Romans eight says. Romans eight chapter, Romans chapter eight and verse 12. Romans chapter eight and verse 12. Here, here, here is why you've got to renew your mind. And this is why you can't have, and if you had any excuses before, you don't have any excuses now. Amen. Romans 8, Romans 8 and verse 12, 12 to 15. Here's what the Bible says. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Here it is. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. I'm going to go ahead and read verse 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, verse 17. And if children and heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that he may also be glorified together. Paul makes it clear, crystal clear, that simply because you are tempted by the sinful nature, you are not obligated to do what it urges you to do. The spirit of God, that spirit, that, that the Holy Spirit, is stronger, hallelujah, than your sinful nature. But you must be willing to die to self. I'm going to say that one more time. You've got to be willing to die 
to self. You've got to be willing to let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. That's why Jude could say, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. See, 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 a lot of times we talk about, oh, we fall down, we get up, right? Amen for that. Praise the Lord that we can get back up again. Hallelujah. Uh, we can fall down and we can get up. But Jude tells us when you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, he is able to keep you from falling. Somebody ought to say amen. He is able to sustain you. He is able to, to give you the power to overcome that thought, that thing that, that was in your mind. He is able to give you the power to not act out on what you want to act out on because now you're not controlled by your emotions and your carnal because you have been feeding the spiritual. And so the devil, a lot of times, then make us do that thing. You just ought to fess up right now. You weren't spiritually where you needed to be. But today, you have no excuses. Now you know that if you fortify your minds, if you will build up your spiritual uh, muscles, that, 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 that God is able to bring you through that thing. Y'all know I'm a Laker fan. Uh, and, and, and so I like my man, Kobe. God rest his, his soul. Rest in peace, Kobe. But, but Kobe had uh, what, that mindset of, 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 of practice, practicing, making perfect. He believed in what, what, the, what the basketball players call muscle memory. Uh, and, and, and he would stay in the gym. He would be in the gym uh, earlier than everybody else. And he would stay in the gym later than everybody else. What was he doing? He was developing his muscle memory. So when he went to the left or to the right or when he faded back, uh, uh, his his muscle memory will be there in practice. One 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 writer says that uh, one ESPN writer says that 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 Kobe went to a Nike big time Nike executive meeting. He was there in the in the in the in the, in the, in the executive offices. And, and when Kobe got there, he didn't have on a suit and tie. He had on a jumpsuit. And before the meeting started at, let's say, at nine or whatever, Kobe found a gym that they had out in the back somewhere. And Kobe was working on his jumper. Uh, well, the reason why muscle memory is important is that when you get in the game, <laughs> when you get in the game, you can actually perform under pressure. Somebody ought to uh, shake your neighbor's head or turn to your neighbor and say, muscle memory is important, everybody. Muscle memory. And, and, and if you've got spiritual muscle memory, uh, when you've been spending time with God and you've been praying on your knees and you've been reading from his word and you've been building up and fortifying your spiritual muscles, when you do get that phone call, you don't have to trip. When she does tell you to come over to the crib, that ain't the time to pray. Look, look, there's a time to pray and there's a time to run. Come on, say, ask Joseph. Joseph didn't have no prayer meeting with Potiphar's wife. Come on, say amen. He didn't ask for a Bible. He didn't say, look, maybe we should have a Bible study. Nah, -uh. Joseph already had the power to get up, up out of there. Come on, say amen. If, if you wait until the game is on, uh, if you haven't been fortifying your mind, you're going to mess up every time.
If you haven't been building up your spiritual muscles and fortifying your mind, by the time you get in the game, by the time you get cussed out, you're going to have that word going to be right on your, you just going to cuss somebody back. Uh, when you get cut off in traffic and, and, and a finger goes up or somebody says something crazy, uh, you're going to say something. You ever heard of road rage? Even, even Christians have road rage. Come on, say amen. Y'all, and, 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 and oh, that board meeting comes. Oh, I'm bringing it home a little closer. You weren't praying enough. And so by the time that board meeting came up, you were ready to go to the pastor. Come on, say, man, I'm not speaking from experience. And I usually have pretty good board meetings. But, you know, for the folk out there that has some crazy ones, you know, by the time you got, look, you already didn't like that sister. So by the time she came and said something to you after church, you were ready to go off. Because your spiritual mind, you had it, you had it developed that muscle memory. And, 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 and so I don't want you to have to wait for game time to have to, to flex. No, you got to flex. Now, look, this quarantine time, this is a good time to develop your spiritual mind. This time with, where you can't be ripping and running. And, you know, unfortunately, yes, yeah, some people, you know, it affects them then financially with their jobs, etc. But I would rather you be spiritually stronger coming out of this than 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 have just gone through a, a, a lax time and you go back out and you the same way you were. That means that you did not take advantage of the time that God has given you. And so use this time to build your spiritual muscles. I'm gonna transition into appeal time. Andrews, the Andrews Study Bible Commentary page 1621, Andrew's Study Bible Commentary, page 1621, says, blame for temptations should not be placed on God, but on the individual. I'm going to say that again. Blame for temptations should not be placed on God, but on the individual. Y'all, we've got to start taking uh, ownership of of, of when we have gone outside of God's will. Don't blame it on circumstance. Don't even blame it on the devil. The devil didn't make you do that thing. And, and, and we saw it clear today. God didn't make you do it. The devil didn't make you do it. You were drawn away. And God is saying, if you build your mind, if, if your mind is stayed on me, he will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because we trust in him. We got to give that excuse away. And so this today, I'm going to ask you to throw out that excuse. The devil didn't make you do it. It was, it was me, oh Lord. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Your spouse didn't pull the trigger to cause you to do it. No, it was, it was you all along. Your boss didn't make you lose your mind. Your mind was already being lost before you got back on that job. Your kids didn't make you lose it. You had already begun to lose it. Your, your kids should not be so, so, so powerful in your life that they cause you to sin. Uh-uh. That woman's short skirt or that man's cologne didn't make you do it. Uh-uh. You got to just fess up with God and say, Lord, no, it was, it was in me all along. The, the church folk didn't make you do it. No, it was me. That member rubbing me the wrong way didn't, didn't make me walk away. And some of you might be watching online and praise God for this platform, but, but you've got to take ownership. You know, no, it wasn't it wasn't that the, the, the hypocrites was out there in the church and, and you walked away because of the hypocrites, because the hypocrites was at the club too. Come on, say it, man. You still went. The hypocrites at Walmart, you still go get your groceries. 
you know, and, and, and so all these excuses, God is asking you to pull them away. The devil didn't make you do it. It was in your mind all along, but glory to God for the man or the woman who endures according to James chapter one and verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Y'all, we just got to endure this thing. We just got to endure the temptations, endure the trials. And the word promises us that if you endure it, that the crown of life is guaranteed. God never makes a promise that he cannot keep. You shall receive the crown of life, he says. The reward is guaranteed up front. All we have to do is endure the temptations. Endure the temptations and your eternal destiny will be secured. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm praying for my top family and the friends and the visitors who are watching. Lord, that you will strip us, strip us of all the excuses. The excuse that, that it was the devil that made us do it. Uh-uh. Lord, I pray that we will own up and confess our sins. That we would we would take ownership that, that it was us. It was us all along. We wanted to out. We wanted to, to say that thing. We wanted to do that thing. We wanted to go to that place. We wanted to be in that situation. But, oh, God, we are so grateful today that even though we've messed up, even as we confess now, your word reminds us, 1 John 1, 9, that he that confesses this you are faithful and just to forgive us. Thank you, God. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, today I'm praying in the name of Jesus for all of my top family, Lord, that you will cover them with your blood, that your blood that cleanses us, that washes us white as snow, that everybody even right now, right there in their homes or, 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 or in their apartment, wherever they are, Lord, that they will be covered by your blood. You would you would forgive us of our sins. And Lord, you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, we don't just pray for to be born of water for those who need baptism, for those who need rebaptism. But Lord, we pray that you will help us to be born of the Spirit as well. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to walk right and gives us the power to talk right and gives us the power to live right and gives us the power to not go there and gives us the power to not cuss him out or cuss her out. It gives us the power to walk in newness of life. We are praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we don't want to be like the, the five virgins who woke up, but they didn't have the Holy Ghost. And so, Lord, I pray that as we wake up, we know that the bridegroom is coming, that we would be like the five wise virgins that had the extra oil, that's the Holy Ghost. That we will be like the extra virgin, the, 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 the virgins who had the oil and, and we will be ready to meet you in peace. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be found faithful. And when you come back, because we have the extra oil, because we have, have, have done away with the excuses, that when you, when you burst the clouds and the sky is rolled back like a scroll, that we wouldn't run to the rocks and the mountains and say, fall on us and hide us from the faith. But we would look up and we would say, Lord, this is our God. 
We have been waiting for you. We waited through quarantine. We waited through stay-at-home orders. We waited through COVID-19 and the coronavirus. We waited through all of the trials and the tribulations and the temptations. And we endured, oh God. We would look up and we would say, this is our God. And he will now save us. And he will say to us, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful in the few things. Now I'm going to make a ruler over many. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. That is the word. Those are the words we want to hear. And we will give you praise. The Bible says we will be so excited when we make it in that we will take off those crowns that we've been talking about uh, and we will cast those crowns at your feet. And somebody said we will say heaven was cheap enough and we can praise you about how we made it over. Thank you, oh God, for your word. And Lord, help us again to not just be hearers of your word and listeners to your word, but oh God, give us the power to be doers of your word. And we will be careful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's children said, hallelujah and amen. And amen again. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That was a powerful message. Oh, that was so much, so much power in that message. Thank you. You took away all the excuses. The devil did not make us do it. We can't blame it like Michael Jackson on the sunshine, the moonlight. <laughs> blame it on ourselves. We got to look at the man in the mirror. I'm so thankful that I know that God is able to keep us from falling. God said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We can be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Thank you, Pastor, for that powerful message. Saints of God, we just, we're blessed again. We've got something to hold on to this week. So we need to spend more time on our knees in prayer. Praise the Lord. And we just have a few announcements. We just want to encourage you at 2.30 to uh, tune in to our uh, boy, our spirit of prophecy class, Sister Karen Lewis will be leading out in that. And also prayer meeting. We're excited about our prayer meeting. Sister uh, Lakita Carroll is leading out in our mental health ministries. A lot of people are, are having coping problems, trying to deal with all the stress of what we're going through. But like the pastor said, those that keep their minds stayed on him, he'll keep you in perfect peace. So we want to just encourage you at 645 on Wednesdays to tune in and we'll go into our prayer service right after that. So let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the word that you've given us today, Lord. We pray that we will hide your word in our hearts, Lord, that we may not sin against you because you said that you are able to keep us from falling. Now may the God of peace be with us. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace both now and forevermore. And the people said together, amen and amen. Praise the Lord.